This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Tuesday Takeover with Pussy Palace on FUBAR Radio. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Pussy Palace Takeover what? is in session. We are doing it. Can you imagine? Ah! A whole us. Ah! Um, <laughs> so, we should probably introduce ourselves. This Who is, are you? Who am I? Who is she? <laughs> that is a very good uh, Big Brother reference that you may not get. Mm. But, um, I don't. So, yes, I'm Aiden. And Hi, this Aiden. is. I'm Dan, aka King Boo. And How we are you? Are from Pussy Palace. Yes. Um, so let's introduce Pussy Palace if this is the first time you are coming across us. Uh, PP, or as we like to be called <laughs> as well, um, is a collective um, that prioritizes and centers queer women, trans, and non binary people of color in everything that we do. Um, we, do. we hold a club night. Uh, once a month, and we have been doing that for the last four years. Our baby just turned four Happy last birthday. weekend. Yes. The Stevie Wonder <laughs> version. Um, so yeah, we're four years old and that's what we do. Since yeah. we've started the club night, we've also branched out into workshops and other ways in which we can hold space for our community and for our people. Yes. Um, and we're really happy to be on FUBAR today to- Taking over. To do a workshop. On, yes. on what, Dan? What's the workshop on? On self-love and self-care. Yes. My absolute favorite topic. It's what we need for the seasonal depression. Woo, because it is so gray outside. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect day to listen to us. Let us warm you up. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so as you're listening on to the show, um, feel free to tweet and Instagram. Um, message us on FUBAR Radio. Um, and we'll be taking questions later on. So if you've got any self-care questions you want some advice we'll have some guests that will be able to help answer that as well yes. make sure you email takeover at fubarradio.com we really want to hear from you we it's do. not just about us it's about our community mm-hmm. um we also wanted to shout out the rest of pussy palace we could not forget the rest of the team um so in addition to me and dan we have nadine artois who's one of the founders also sky um, another what of the up? founders, uh, Aaron. Uh, we have Lewis, Leah, Mata. Who else? Bernice. There you go. And me and you. Yes. Yeah. It's a, we roll deep. We do. We do. Nine, nine, nine strong. Okay. Nine strong. Um, yes. So yeah, shout out to the rest of the team. Uh, yes. It is everything that we do is such a, a team effort, a collaboration, and we do a good job of holding each other accountable. Yes. Um, which is what we love. Yes, yes, so, yes. So, how was your weekend, Dan? My weekend was jam-packed with Pussy Palace birthday. Ooh, yes. do tell. What, was, what did we do for our birthday? We had a lovely party at Colors Hoxton. Mm-hmm. We had two rooms activated. We had the sanctuary going. We had DJs from Canada. We mm-hmm. had some of our old DJ students some, and yeah. some of our residents. Some like, family favorites. It was wild. Yes. It was a very beautiful birthday I'm really excited for what's to come for that's us, you know? Yeah. Can you believe four years? Four years. That's a long time. And so if anyone doesn't know, Pussy Palace started as a house party. Yes. Um, Sky and Nadine started that four, four years ago. Or maybe that was five years ago, actually. And then since then, it's been taken out of the house, into clubs. And they've just been building and building. Um, and so now it's kind of like a landmark in the, the London queer underground scene. It is. Um, so that's 
that's the show. Well, no, that's not the show. The show <laughs> is. Anyway, that's, that's all from us. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank um, you for listening. So, no, for the show, we'll be joined by three illustrious guests. Yes. Uh, by the names of Chloe Fulani, Jocelyn Newton, and Georgia Dodsworth. Yes. Um, they'll all be joining us a bit later. They are all versed in self-care, self-love. They've brought themselves to share of themselves and their knowledge, their experience, their thoughts, their ideas. Um, and so we're going to enjoy that. We're going to have like a roundtable discussion um, about what self-care means to us individually, collectively, and how we can practice it best. Yeah. We're going to journey through that. It's a it's a process. It's an individual process. And um, I can't wait to hear about other people's tools and tips and how they practice self-love and self-care. So really, really excited to chat with our guests and chat with each other. So, yeah. Also, let's set the precedent for the show. We love pronouns here at Pussy Palace. Ooh. So um, my name is Aiden and my pronouns are they, them. And my name is Dan, and my pronouns are she, her. And I guess we could do a little uh, what do pronouns mean, if, if that's a new introduction to someone. Um, so pronouns are uh, the way in which you address someone in conversation with them. Um, so you have he, him, you have she, her, you have they, them. Um, and people have preferences of how they like to be addressed, and it's always a great... Um, one of the easiest ways to be an ally is to respect that and to honour that. So we'll be asking our guests the same um, and feel free to let us know that when you message in as well. Um, I feel a mood for a song. Let's do it. Is anyone? I put together like this really fun playlist. Mm -hmm. I, hope, I hope that... They you mean it. a playlist curated by Dan? By for Dan. the whole show? Radical self Aren't we love. lucky? Yes. Let's do it. Tuesday Takeover with Pussy Palace on Fubar Radio. Tuesday Takeover with Pussy Palace on Fubar Radio. I'm into what I want. I'm into what I want. I'm into what I want. Yes, yes, yes. You are back with the PP Pussy Palace Takeover. Dan and Aiden and Fubar yes. Radio Studios. So excited to be here. Love that track from Unique. We mm -hmm. love Unique. Unique was here a couple months ago, right? For our moist party, yes, which was, I think, was July so or August. Moist. So good. Yes, so good. yes, yes. Um, friend of a show, friend of our parties. And that is what you can expect yes. when you come to our parties. We're a big Why fan of Jersey Club. Yes. At yes, Pussy yes. Palace. So, yeah, those are the kind Booty of sounds popping. that you experience when you come to our parties. It's a bit of underground. We kind of mix it with, with you know, a tinge of mainstream, the mainstream that we allow. Yeah, you um, know, the stuff you want to sing along yeah. to. <laughs> as well as some new sounds, some, some underground sounds from around the world that are um, being made by the pioneers of, like, queer music yes, globally. Yes, with heavy, heavy bass mm -hmm. underneath. Yeah. That's what we love. Okay, and so we are joined by some of our guests um, in the studio at the moment. Yes, um, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey. So happy y'all are here. 
Um, we have today with us Jocelyn Newton from Our Naked Truths mm -hmm. and also Georgia Dodsworth, self-care queen. Mm -hmm. So excited to get to know you and get to know about your health care, uh, sorry, self-care, self-love journey today. Yes, but also let us know what you actually do in this world, how you show up in this world and what are you giving to us? What are we giving? Yes. All the offerings. Yes. Um, so... So I'm Jocelyn, um, your boy Newton. I am the founder of a life art therapy series called Our Naked Truths. Um, and Our Naked Truths is a space predominantly for all femmes of color to come together and reclaim their stories and their bodies through life art. So basically what that means is we have people that model for the first time completely nude, um, sharing their stories of self-acceptance um, and inviting people to come and also share their stories of self-acceptance because if we get used to hearing other people telling their truths and owning their truths mm -hmm. it inspires us to own ourselves and mm -hmm. own our own stories and also if we get used to seeing bodies that look like ours it also allows us to reclaim our bodies mm -hmm. um, and accept our bodies so that's one facet um, mm -hmm. and I also navigate this world by managing an artist called Alexander London um, oh. if anyone who wants to check him out he's A-L-X-N-D a-L-X-N-D-R, London, and on the socials at Mixim, so M-X-Triple-I-X-M. So yeah, a few things. I navigate the space in a few different realms. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm honoring my ancestors and everything that I do, and just making sure that what I do is done with intent and purposeful. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You make yeah. it look so easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just not. like the self-love thing, That's it's real. not easy. Mm -hmm. you know? That's so, but we're so here. Real. Yes. Yeah. Thank you Thank for sharing you. that. Yes. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about yourself, Georgia. So yeah, my name's Georgia, otherwise known as Self-Care Queen. So I do a lot of work within the mental health field. Um, so I give talks and workshops to people at schools, universities, brands, offices, sharing my own experience with depression and anxiety and borderline personality disorder. So I share myself really vulnerably and I um, offer some strategies and practical tips that people can do to take care of themselves. Um, and I also lead self-care workshops as well, um, which are really, really fun and getting everyone engaged in how they can take care of themselves using self-care um so yeah i feel like self-care self-love is such a massive part of what i do day to day mm. and it feeds into all of my work the other side of what i do as well i'm an arts producer and writer so i kind of link the arts with mental health um which is a great mix because i feel like creativity really drives just imagination and self-love so yeah Amazing. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Jocelyn, you used to work also in the mental health sector. I was listening sector. to you. I was like, yeah, okay, very nice to you. So um, <laughs> um, I deliver mental health workshops and deliver training. So my back, I'm newly self employed. Um, but my background is I used to work for DWP, um, writing and delivering mental health training across the job centers of nationwide. Mm -hmm. um, and then also going into corporates and delivering kind of mental health first aid training and crisis training, safeguarding training, which I still kind of do on the side, not doing enough of that as much because I've been so focused on our naked truths. Um, but 2020 is bringing beautiful blessings, um, yes. an area where I can also start bringing in more opportunities to talk more about mental health because it's important mm, mm -hmm. um it is important and i love the fact that you are linking it in with creativity because that is a big part of expression a big part of managing mental health for a lot of people um and i feel like we're especially with like the mental health um strategy which ends next march isn't it 2020 people are a bit more open and well versed in learning about 
what tools we need in order to take care mm -hmm. of ourselves around our mental health. Um, and it's just nice to know there's so many more people of colour, much mm -hmm. more people of colour out there doing these bits. Yeah. It's really beautiful. We've got a synergy here today. Mm -hmm. yes. I can already Excited. feel it. Yes. I know, I know. And remember, later on in the show, we're going to be answering your questions, the community's questions. So mm. be sure to tweet us and DM us at FUBAR Radio, please. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, first of all, what is self-love and self-care? I'm just going to run through that just a little bit. For me, mm -hmm. self-love is different from self-care as it's about taking actions to love and accept yourself mm -hmm. and who you are. Self-care is about the restorative action, about being compassionate towards yourself. But self-love is more so about really embracing your true, authentic self. Learning how to feel comfortable in yourself and taking steps to remind yourself of who you are in a society where you're constantly trying to mold, they're trying to mold us into something else. Mm. If you aren't able to fully live as your true and authentic self, it might be about finding places and ways to show yourself that, you, that who you are matters. Living in this world, in our society, as a woman or LGBTQIA person or any other non-conforming sexuality gender is really, really fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly told that we need to do better, to fit into certain stereotype of what it means to be a person in our society. And this is especially multiplied if you are a black or brown person. Mm. So it's so important to carve out space for yourself where you can reflect on love, loving yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first question, <laughs> who taught you how to love you? Is that like a super, super personal journey? Was it something that you uh, learned from observing, observing other people, family members? I would love to you know, hear about that journey, Georgia, if you'd like to share. Yeah, I feel like my journey to loving myself started quite young, like age maybe 13, 14. Um, and it was, I was in the kind of darkest, deepest depths of my depression. Um, and I wasn't going to school, I was going to therapy and therapy only. And I started writing and journaling and I kind of realised that I have to love myself, I have to support myself. Like, people can help me along this journey, but essentially, like, I am in control and I have to kind of really fight hard to love the bits that I don't like about myself. So it was my body. So I really didn't like my body. I thought I was fat. I didn't like my stretch marks, my eczema. Um, so it was kind of embarking on that journey to loving it. So like doing lots of like mirror work, uh, mm -hmm. lots of kind of drawing, lots of kind of just being confident and owning myself. Um, so that was where it started for me. And I feel like I'm still on this journey. I feel like mm -hmm. everyone's on the journey. It doesn't, totally. it never stops. Mm -hmm. I feel like people talk about, oh, they're healed or they're better. But I feel like it, it never stops. You're always on a journey, no matter how many like days you feel amazing or how many days you feel like, pretty shit. Like everyone's on this journey of up and down. It's just about finding like the resilience and the coping skills and the acceptance to be able to kind of send that message back to yourself and know that you're worth it and know that you can love yourself from a mm. place of honesty and vulnerability. Like... I feel that I learned it by tuning in with myself, really, and sitting with myself mm -hmm. in that shit and crying and writing and 
I kind of didn't really talk about it much to my friends or family. I was a very kind of insulated kind of person. Um, maybe that was because I was an only child. I'm not too sure. Same. <laughs> I'm really sad. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm my own best friend. Like, come on. Um, like, I did have friends, but I thought this journey yeah. was so... I feel like I was very wise beyond my years and my friends mm-hmm. were still kind of into the whole, like, dating or what's happening online. And I was like, what's happening in my head? What's happening in yeah. my body? And kind mm. of really tuning into that. Um, so that's where it started for me. Yeah. That's really, I can relate so hard mm. to that. Mm. Um, like you said, it's an ongoing journey. Yeah. Still on it. Overcoming some hurdles. Getting there and like dapping myself for that. Because mm-hmm. like, it takes so much hard work and diligence. Mm. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I look forward to the ever evolving process of self-love. Like what does that extreme look like? Extremity mm-hmm. of self-love look like, you know? Um yeah, I'd love to hear from you, Jocelyn, also, if you'd like to Thank share. Thank you so much for that. That yeah. was really beautiful to hear your offering. And also, first off, just be wary of people that say they're healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first off. Right. Um, and secondly, I completely agree in terms of self-love being a constant evolving process. I think for me, it's constantly changing, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, I think self-love really starts from when you're born. You may not be aware of it. Um, for your experience, I definitely wasn't aware of it growing up. Um, up until like my my late teens, early twenties, my mental health journey started quite early. Um, in terms of exploring that and being met with crisis, having diagnosis, not fully understanding that, and being a young person, and also coming from a very conservative Ghanaian home, um, that played quite a big part in how I expressed myself and what I understood as self love. Um, I have my mother, who is an incredible woman. Um, and I guess her expression of self-love that was taught to us in the home was we were quite ta- we were taught to be comfortable with our bodies from quite a young age. Like um, in my home, there was myself, my younger sister and my mum. So navigating the house naked was always just it was just, just a thing. It was just the same as breathing. Mm. Um, I remember time mum would come home like from work, whip off her clothes, sit in front of like the TV watching EastEnders with a cup of tea completely naked and that was just normal. Mm. So I was quite used Sounds to... so relaxing. Mm. I was quite used to being able to connect with my physical self but growing up, even though that was um, a space of freedom, I had a very unhealthy relationship with my physical self. So mm. my nakedness would look like I was really confident with my body. I mean, I used to answer the, the door naked. If I was naked and the door was needed to be answered, I would answer the door naked. So people would think wow. I was super confident but I actually wasn't. It was almost like, um, you know how comedians will do this, they'll, they'll, they'll create a piece that's basically mocking their story, mm-hmm. because if they can mock it first, mm-hmm. it's easier to accept when other people choose to mock, and that's kind of what I used to do. So it used to look like, oh, Justin really loves herself and really confident, but actually I wasn't, it was the polar opposite of that. Um, and I think growing up, um, being around lots of kind of matriarchs and strong, strong black women was really helpful. But I don't think I really came into my understanding of what self-love meant after experiencing a certain amount of trauma. Um, getting to my early 20s and realizing that I needed to make some key changes. I was very unwell in my late teens, so like my new 20s was almost like another rebirth. And um, life, art, life modeling became a thing. I really wanted to do it. I had one auntie, um, big up big sis, aka Soa, um, who was kind of the radical one in the family. She was always she used to life model and she was very confident in her body and you'd go to her home and you'd see all these beautiful 
paintings and artworks of her just adorning her beautiful black body. Mm -hmm. And she looked like me. And it was the first time I was able to see another woman's body who looked like mine, who was being drawn and celebrated, not for titillation, not for somebody else's sexual gratification and not because of the male gaze, just because she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and that really intrigued me and inspired me. But I was quite nervous about it. And I used to speak to her quite a lot. Um, cause apparently we were very similar because I was also very radical. So mm -hmm. a lot of the family used to just, you're like big sis, yeah. you're like sis. Mm -hmm. Go in the corner, you know, go and be with big sis. It was that, that. But um, I connected with her quite a lot. She was a big inspiration for me and I used to talk to her about it. And when I got to my 20s um, and I kind of quit smoking, was going in the gym and I was like, I want to challenge the way that I physically connect with myself by life modeling. And so I threw myself into life modeling lied, blagged my first job at the book club and pretended that I'd modelled before, had never done it, walked into a room of 50 people, had my first panic attack whilst modelling, mm. went away, came back and modelled. And it was that experience of immersing <clears throat> myself in vulnerability with other people in the room because it's not just standing there and looking free. All of your intrusions come up, all of those intrusions that tell you you're not beautiful, that your bum's too big, or your cellulite's there, or your stretch marks are here, or your breasts are saggy, they all come. They are alive mm -hmm. because silence is there. And so that um, exchange and that inner dialogue, I had to kind of really immerse myself in and also allow those thoughts to dissipate, which started to change how I relate to my physical self. And therein um, was born our Naked Trues seven years later. But um, for me, I've been able to, I feel like I'm inspired by the stories of other black women and other femmes. I'm inspired by people being able to take charge of their vulnerability and own it and share that with other people. Um, I'm inspired by my shadow work. I do a lot of shadow work. I've just come out of doing a few months of shadow work. Mm. So this is my first kind of re-emergence into mm -hmm. the digital sphere and the commercial sphere and people sphere. Um, shadow work is very important. Dancing, being able to express yourself with loved ones. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's constantly evolving um, and there's new things in your toolbox that you need to acquire in order to really understand what self-love is. And I still, I'm excited to continue this journey because I don't feel like, I feel like to reach a point in life when you fully accept everything you are, you've reached self-actualization. That's probably when you're just about to die, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, in a, a long convoluted expression, that's kind of like my connection with, with self-love and self-care. It's an ongoing process full of lots of different things. Mm. Mm. So, so inspiring. Mm. So great to also hear the connection of how like our naked truth started. Mm. It feels like it started in your home. <laughs> you know, and it evolved it it into did. this beautiful platform that we all get to share in now. But also you mentioned shadow work. Yes. What is shadow work? So, um, shadow work is literally what you do in darkness. But a lot of people tend to think that shadow work is negative, it's where you're just depressed. And yeah, sometimes it might take hold of that. In um our darkest moments are usually a call to do work. It's a call to action. At the time, it might feel like just a depression is overwhelming or um, I'm currently in psychosis and I'm just trying to figure out how to get to light. But actually, that is a call to action. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it's a spiritual call to action. And so shadow work can take place, take form in lots of different ways. Um, it might be how you meet yourself. So you might want to sit and do mirror work, um, sitting with yourself, holding space, staring at yourself, writing down thoughts and emotions that come up. Mm. Um, it might mean you might need to take a social media break mm. and come off of being so so accessible 
um, and holding space for yourself. Shadow work might mean you might need, doesn't mean you need to be by yourself completely. <laughs> you know, a lot of people tend to think I'm just going to lock myself in my mm-hmm. room and, yeah. and that's, that's going to be my shadow work. No, it's just stuff that is done, is done in a period of darkness. Um, and that can be mirror work, that can be conversations with self, that can be journaling. Um, I love to journal. Um, I've just revisited that. I used to journal for a while and I got, I stopped writing because I was Same. getting a bit depressed with what I would read. Mm. I reflect back and be like, Sh- shit, yes. this is so dark. Yeah. <laughs> like, where is the light? Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't want to see it anymore. And mm. I realized that actually that was me running away from my shadow work. I needed to write that. I needed to see that. I needed mm. to, to chart that journey, be honest with it, understand it um, and mm. not hide or feel any shame. We carry a lot of shame mm. um, around our darkness. Um, so journaling is definitely a great, a great tool that you can use in shadow work. Spiritual baths, I love a spiritual bath. And there's lots of different types of spiritual bath. You can have a cleansing bath, which just needs to, needs to lighten my energy, where you'll just get some Florida water, some Himalayan salt, might add some lavender or some dried rose petals, just rose petals, and just sit in a bath. Yeah. Just sit in that bath. Think about your intentions that you want to set for yourself and cleanse whatever you feel is sitting on your heart, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, or milk bath, so I love a milk bath, especially to attract abundance. Um, really important to do um, spiritual baths, especially if you're an empath mm. um, and you're around lots of people, a lot, carrying a lot of energy. Mm. You have to cleanse that and transform that energy somehow. You can't get rid of it. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I need to get rid of this negative energy. I need to get rid of that negative person because they carry negative energy. Mm. Um, in Taoism, we learn that energy can only be transformed you can't mm. dump it mm. and if you're not mindful of where that energy is being transformed somebody else is going to pick it up it's like perfect example is say for example i wake up i drive i wake up um i'm i'm just angry for whatever reason i didn't have time to ground myself because i'm running legs i'm supposed to be here right I, I wasn't late there so I'm not <laughs> hey. but you know just, just <laughs> people know people are punctual out here um, but say, <laughs> i woke up late i'm running late to be here i haven't had any time to ground myself so i'm irritated and you know when you're late mm. every little thing annoys you mm-hmm. you having to wait that that extra minute for the bus all of a sudden feels like how dare the, the, the bus end be of late the world. yes <laughs> when someone barges you and you're trying to run for the bus how dare you barge mm. me or the slowest um, worker you know the slowest worker you just literally want to throw something at them like there's no compassion there yeah. there's no patience <laughs> just want to get somewhere but I'm a driver so road rage is a thing right so mm. when you're running late and um, you want to get to places quickly but everyone seems to be um, holding you up mm. say for example I get to traffic lights I decide to quickly swerve someone to jump ahead of them that, that's me expressing my negative energy that other driver has now received it now they're going to react. Maybe they might react to somebody else behind them or they might react to me. I haven't transformed that energy, so now that energy is just going to carry through. That is a perfect example of, of Taoism and how we, we need to transform that. And just spiritual baths are a great way to do that in shadow work. Um, I also implore... I was going to say, in Ooh. that scenario... Yeah. Raise hand for question. <laughs> um, in that scenario of, of road rage and the transference of energy, who yeah. is the empath? Who is the empath? Yeah. I don't think the empath the empath place doesn't really hold in that. I'm just giving you an example of how okay. energy can be transferred. Oh, okay, okay. But if you are an empath, a perfect example of, I'll use me, like I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. Um, I facilitate a space um, where people come and bring their traumas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And even though I'm a mental health first aider, I deliver that training, I am a first aider. Um, I had to understand that I'm going to carry a lot 
as soon as people walk in, when you come to Our Naked Truths, everyone receives a hug. And it's very important that people receive that physical closeness. So when you sit down, you know that this place is for you, that mm-hmm. you can be at ease. But when you do that, there's transference. Mm-hmm. And I was always picking, I could feel when someone's not, when someone gets to that door, I can already see it and feel it, then we're connecting. So our heart chakras are connecting and now there's going to be a transference. Um, If you are not cleansing that energy as an empath, you feel weighted, Mm. you feel very tired, Mm -hmm. um, you can get quite irritable and be like, why am I so irritated? It's It's because you're carrying all of this, (laughs) this unsettled negative energy and you haven't given yourself a place to ground yourself or cleanse it. Mm. Um, That impacts an empath very much so the tiredness is a very real thing mm. you all of a sudden feel exhausted and you don't know why mm. you know you guys host um host an amazing space for pussy palace and go to events because it's such um a family vibe and it's such a celebratory express a form of expression for people people will still come to that dance with trauma dance away mm-hmm. their traumas oh, yes. and yes. be sharing their traumas <laughs> yes. i've seen Imagine. it like pussy palace <laughs> people have talked like it's a counseling session like it's in therapy. the hallway it really <laughs> like yeah. it's happening you know yeah. and after that party you might just want to go sleep really mm. that by the next morning that spiritual bath needs to be done oh, because okay, yes. you have gathered so much energy mm. um so that's it. i don't hope that's a that makes sense oh yeah no, yeah no, that's does. It's a great way of how empaths try and like, receive um a lot of energy without understanding how to cleanse it so yeah shadow work is all that is done in darkness but darkness doesn't have to be um a period of sadness it's a call to action to look at what tools do i need in order to re-emerge or rebirth because mm-hmm. I really believe that we die many deaths in our journeys mm-hmm. and shadow works are the opportunity to look at what I need to do before I rebirth so, yeah okay. so it sounds like shadow work is fundamentally part of your journey to prioritizing self-love for absolutely. yourself absolutely and Georgia you said um, you do journaling mm-hmm. would you also say that as part of your journey yeah, 100%. So, like, I'm always between, like, journaling and I'll have periods where I don't journal and, like, I really mm. notice it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I started again maybe, like, two months ago and it's it's just really helpful where I can just... A place where I can just, like, express myself and just cry and write and cry and write and then close it mm. and then pick it up again and cry and write. And I, I don't really look back on it too often because I feel like... If I don't want to look back on pages that I wrote last week, like I'd much rather look back at where I was a few months ago, mm-hmm. and then I can see the journey. Yeah. Um, and I try hard not to compare, but it is quite difficult because I think a lot of us do compare. Um, but times where I feel like, oh my gosh, it's just getting worse. I'm not getting any better. I look back and I can see the light. I can see, oh, I've been able to process that situation. Now I, I understand it. I understand myself. So mm. yeah, I feel like ju- uh, journaling is a massive part. Mm. Um, and also, um, I forgot to mention, I do like body positivity um, work. So I do lots of like modelling in my underwear, <laughs> um, mm. and that's really empowering. Mm. I did like my first shoot like a year and a bit ago. Yes, um, maybe two years ago now actually. And I remember I stood there in front of the camera in my underwear, and I was like really self conscious. I was like, mm. I don't think I like this. And then as soon as the camera started taking pictures, I was like, I found myself, like, Mm. this is my body and I'm Mm. owning it and I don't have to always cover up, I don't have to, like, yeah, I can just express myself and then going to Pussy Palace, I was like, I can wear what I want, I can Mm. be who I want and, yeah, I feel like, yeah, just expressing myself in all the different ways that I can choose to and I I try not to care what people think about me or people's opinions or what society thinks, like, I'm just going to do it anyway because I feel good by doing it, like, Mm. 
I don't, I feel like a lot of people care about what other people think or, or if I say this to that person, how will they feel? But at the end of the day, what only matters is what you think and how you feel. Like you can tell people stuff and they can interpret it and process it in different ways. But mm. at the end of the day, we can't all be healers. We can't all be counseling one another, like, because that's when bad patterns come in and toxicity and all of yeah, that. So, yeah. yeah. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's talk a little bit about because you were talking about the work, the shadow work, doing the the hard parts of self-loving that leads to Mm self-care. Let's talk a little bit about hashtag (laughs) self-love versus (laughs) IRL self-love, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? We see a lot of, you know, digital self-love, but is there a performance aspect to that that is not is invalid in a way or is it all a part of the same journey to self-love like how do y'all think about that what do you think about that i think um it's a mixture of things um hashtag self-love to me is there's a duality to it Mm -hmm. so there's parts of it that actually really important Mm -hmm. because the awareness and the conversations that we're having about self-love we didn't have 10 years ago because we weren't really on social media. We weren't able to see this community of people having similar conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been quite powerful, I think. Um, but then at the same time, the duality um, of it is that it's very easy to take a selfie and hashtag self-love because you've got no makeup on that day and I love myself. Yeah. But that that's where it becomes a curated performance. Mm. And to be fair, everyone's allowed to share what they want to share. Mm. You don't have to share everybody where you're at home self-harming or you're at home having a psychotic breakdown. You don't have to share that. That doesn't mean that you're fake. But at the same time, we're still only getting snippets of that journey. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there is a performance to it. And I think, because even now, like I speak to some people, like I just want to love myself, and they will mention a particular influencer, mm. or they'll mention a particular person, and I'm like, but you don't know what goes on mm. outside of this social media sphere. Um, some of those same people that you're mentioning, I have had personal conversations with, mm. and they will cry on my shoulders, mm. like because they are humans too. Mm. But it, so I think um, it, there is a beauty to it because we need that inspiration. Some of, some people don't have a community like a physical community where those conversations are being had. So going online to see that is really helpful because you can see other people. But I think it's really important to be aware of the duality of it, to be aware that it's curated, to be aware that we're only getting a snippet because when you see those snippets, that's where comparison theory comes in. That's where... Um, and it's a comparison theory isn't just for teenagers. Adults are experiencing it as well. Mm. You know, that, that trauma of, oh, my God, this person is doing this so happy. Mm. They were depressed, but look at them now. Why am I still in this darkness? Mm. And it's like, girl, you don't know what they're having to do. That person's an influence. She has to get paid. She needs to put that makeup on and smile so that brand can give her that money. You know, like you don't know what people's journey is. And I think that's the danger of hashtag self-love, that you can literally click on a hashtag Mm -hmm. and see millions of inflections of people's experience of self-love that's curated. Mm. Yeah. You know, whereas we know in real life, you know, like Sunday, I might have had a breakdown, but I'm here today and I'm celebrating who I am. You know, like, yeah. that's real life. Yeah. <laughs> you may not see that. Like, so I think, yeah, it's just about really understanding the duality of it and being very careful. I think it's, it's really important to be very careful with how we invest in this beautiful, curated hashtag. Mm. Mm. Definitely agree. I feel like if we, 
if we look at it through our lens and we process the fact that we are always going through something, mm. we when we look at other people's process, we know that there's like the light side, the side that you share, the side that you know may get you attention and whatnot, and then the other side that you may keep private, keep mm. to yourself. And if you approach social media to me with like a more balanced or almost mature perspective from that perspective, then um, you're less likely to get caught up in the feelings of like, mm. oh, this person has it, you know, better than me or comparing yourself in that way, mm. you know, because you're aware that like we're all going through the spectrum of emotion and sharing as and when we feel comfortable to. Mm. Um but yeah, we have lots more to talk about on self-love and self-care. Um, let's take a little music break. Why not? And yes. Jump into this one of my favorite tracks from. What do we have Ace? next on the playlist, Dan? Manuel, body drop. I love to play this in the club, by the way. Tuesday takeover with Pussy Palace on Foo Bar Radio. And you are back with Pussy Palace Takeover of Fubar Radio. Um, some of you have really uh, nice, lovely been um, emailing some of your self-care tips, what you do to keep yourself in check. So we've got a message from Georgia, uh, well, sorry, Georgie, um, who goes for runs to clear their mind mm. and also treat themselves to a veggie breakfast at their fave local cafe to get out of the house. Um, and I think that really beautifully, like, leads on to what we want to talk about next which is kind of like the physical tools that we use what do we do with our body um to put us in the place to uh open up the space for us to engage in self-love and self-care yeah a lot of times it can be easier for us to take action before we understand like why we're Mm. attracted to that thing that we're doing you know Mm. um jocelyn you mentioned that you take baths one of my favorite, favorite things to do, um, especially when they're super intentional. Um, another thing I like to do is my hair. Mm. Taking that time, like, because that actually, it's hard for me to take the time out to prioritize mm. just doing something that is actually makes me feel and look better. But doing it, sitting there for hours, combing through, oiling my scalp, um, at the end I feel so beautiful inside and out right um other things i like to do are scents i really i'm really into scents i have like a collection of oils and incenses that i like to burn if i can't do you know some of the bigger things uh use some of my bigger tools uh, i like to just activate um feeling better by just lighting a scent Mm. Um, what are some of the things that maybe you you all use other things. I know you mentioned journaling as well. Yeah. Um, are there other tools that you know you have in your back pocket? Because sometimes the journaling doesn't work, so you have to do mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you psych yourself up to do the things that you know <laughs> will make you feel better? It's tricky because I feel like um, everyone does some kind of basic level of like self care each day. So, um, like getting up each morning, having a shower, brushing your teeth. Because on some days 
I still can't do that because Ooh. I'm really depressed yeah. or some days I don't I can't eat because I just haven't been mindful and thought oh my gosh I need to eat until mm. like 8pm at night and then my tummy's like screaming at me so mm-hmm. I feel like yeah everyone does do self care but it's about being mindful about it so not just rushing in the shower getting dressed quickly and rushing out the house because did you remember like what shower gel did you use what did you think about what clothes you were going to put on so it's about being mindful and taking those mindful actions um but for me uh, as you said like senses i feel like my sense i have like quite a good like sensory practice so um i use lavender oil i am like a massive fan of lavender oil so i'll put that on my pillow at night um and i'll carry a little bit in my bag as well um and when i'm distressed i will use that to calm myself down or also like squeeze my hands like physical touch i think is really important for me mm. so making the time to moisturize every day as well um so i'm really nourishing my body feeling myself kind of yeah getting to grips with like my body how my body's changing how it's evolving um also like food as well i mean i'm not the healthiest eater but i try and have like at least like my three meals per day um and i'm drinking lots of water so yeah it's about kind of bringing it back to the basics for me self care um and yes it is about the exercising yes it is about i don't know feeling good and looking good but for me it is about how can i function how can i keep my mental health stable that day how can i look in the mirror and affirm myself so i give myself affirmations as well i have post it notes around my room kind of reassuring me that i'm loved that i'm great that i'm strong that i'm soft that i'm vulnerable um so it's kind of really yeah affirming myself with all the values that i want to carry around each day um and just being mindful about those practices and knowing why i'm doing it so i'm putting lavender on my pillow because i want to soothe myself to sleep or i'm listening to rain sounds because sometimes when i'm in my bed and i'm really distressed having that bit of background noise really helps it makes me feel less alone so it's about making myself feel held and loved mm. each day mm. um and not feeling like somebody else has to hold that space for me that you know what no I can hold it I can even though I'm crying I can hold myself through this time and I can reach out I can call Samaritans or the crisis lines but essentially I am holding this space and I can do it so yes yeah, yeah. well reaffir- um reaffirming myself that I'm, I can do that that's yeah. definitely been a long journey for me <laughs> that part mm. like knowing that I can take care of myself and I can make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. There was such a big um, void there before, yeah. you know? And um, I think the process of butting my head up against, like, looking for outside of myself mm-hmm. and always coming back to me just prioritized me, you know, like, figuring out how to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still learning because mm-hmm. those tools also evolve and grow old. Yeah. <laughs> and when they do, it's like, okay, what's next? So next and I yeah. like that part. I like exploring um, to find what the mm-hmm. next thing is going to be, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes, like, yeah, when you're looking constantly outside for it, it can develop into, like, unhealthy coping me- mechanisms. So, like, mm-hmm. drinking or, like, binge eating or going out all the time so you're not ever alone in your own space I mean I was caught up in that like last year just kind of going out all the time or drinking a lot eating a lot just to kind of fill that emptiness and when I got home just sleep and not not check in with myself and it was Mm. by going to therapy um, and realizing that yes my therapist can support me but I have to do the work Mm. I have to actually look deep inside myself like I can go to my GP as many times as I want, but it always comes back to me. What am I doing? How can I help my mental health? Um, 
So yeah, it is really hard because some days I know the good self-care to do, like getting up and getting getting active when I feel really depressed, but some days I just like don't want to do that. So it's a massive battle um, between myself, but I have to have reminders around my room, like physical reminders, so I can read like quotes that I've written or read like inspirational like lyrics or yeah. listen to music to kind of get me active and get me out of the house. Music is a big one. Yeah. I will say, when all else fails, just <laughs> press play. Mm-hmm. You know? Beyonce and Lizzo on my team. Just takes over your body in ways that, you know, maybe you can't psych yourself mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but then they start to, and yeah, yeah. it mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? Yes. Um, it's interesting because <clears throat> some of the things that you were doing, I was doing some of those, but I feel like my self care toolkit has evolved as I have. So, I guess five years ago, my self-care toolkit would be riding my bike. Um, I'd ride my bike around the city, just lock off everybody, phone off, music in, and I'm just taking over London. If I, I sometimes would cycle from Bow to Hammersmith and back because that would just be just to make sure I just did, was physically focused on doing something. Because if my, my body was physically attuned to doing something, my mind would then fall in sync, mm-hmm. and that would help to calm thoughts down. Um, then it would be dancing at home with music. Um, and you know holding space for myself writing my journal and then making sure i used to love lavender oil still do but i've, I've there's other oils that i've also fed in love with um so it's interesting how at that stage of my life that's what worked for me um now things are different um now i require silence so it's really important for me mm-hmm. i'm a social butterfly when i want to be mm-hmm. um but it's really important for me to have that stillness um and i've been meditating I would say meditate for about seven years, but now like really focused on meditation the past year and it's been a really big part of my toolkit. Um, and also looking at different types of meditation techniques. So um, I recently got back from a silent retreat um, where I stayed in a monastery. For how long? Um, I was there for four days. Um, I'm building up to do another 10 days next year um, in February. And I stayed in a monastery with these incredible monks um, who practice Soto Zen, which is another form of Buddhism. And there, um, as well as it kind of being around compassion and wisdom and connection to all beings, silence is paramount to everything that we do. Um, And through silence, you meditate. So whether you're meditating whilst working, for example, you'll be having silence, but you're just doing one thing at one time. Mm. And so therefore you're more connected and focused on what you're doing. And the, the world that we're in now, and also me working across lots of different projects. And I'm so used to doing millions of things. Before I went to that, before I went to the retreat, my laptop would have all the tabs open, which was a reflection of my mind. <laughs> I'd be doing a million things all at the same time. So doing, being there, not having a phone, not having access to reception, not taking, like just completely stripped back of just being at one with myself, with the space and being silent was um, a really, beautiful experience um i'm so grateful that i had the opportunity to do that but their practice when they meditate i mean you meditate with your eyes open um and there's i'm so used to work i do a lot of breath work um so i'm so used to kind of focusing on breath like expressing doing my six and twos there's none of that um and so that was very new to me and for someone who's been meditating just before i went to the um to the retreat i was meditating twice a day journaling twice a day and then going there and thought, okay, I can meditate for at least 25 minutes, so this will be okay. And the first practice was half an hour with your eyes open. There's no music, you get a gong to start off the practice and a gong to complete the practice, but that's it. And I realized how 
busy my mind was. Mm. It was mm. so busy, and there was no distractions to run away <coughs> from it. Um, and so, with that practice, the whole point is to find the silence in the practice, not to set intentions, not to be envisioning anything that you want to want to get out of that practice. It's just about being silent, because mm. through silence, bliss is there. That's where compassion can be felt. That's where you can hear what your intentions need to be. Um, so for me, yes, meditation has been a, another powerful tool and simplifying that practice using what I, the tools that I've gathered from that beautiful experience. Um, spiritual baths I've mentioned before. Practicing compassion, self-compassion. When you're an empath, it's so easy to be like... I recently did a workshop where um, we talked about fear and five things where fear had created boundaries or barriers to us achieving things. And so after people wrote those five things, they shared that in pairs. And what was so interesting is when they were sharing, the other person, um, the other person in their pair might have had some of the same fears that they had. And when they would hear that fear, they'd automatically, oh gosh, there was reassurance, there was compassion, there was empathy, there was solution-focused techniques and, and coping skills even offered. But when it's to yourself, Mm. It's so when you you're 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 experiencing fear, that compassion, that empathy, those solution focused techniques, just being able to hold yourself goes out the window. And it was so interesting when I was sharing. So that person got exactly the same fear as you, but you were so quick to offer them reassurance and compassion, mm. and empathy. Mm -hmm. Why don't you find it interesting that we don't do that for ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so. And that was me not saying, yeah, I've reached enlightenment, I want to share that with everyone. It was more about being able to look at how we do things reflectively mm. and kind of treat yourself the same way you're willing to treat mm -hmm. a friend. Mm -hmm. And so I practice self-compassion a lot. So um, if I, as I'm waking up, if I don't have a chance to meditate that morning, I'm thinking about how I'm feeling. Mm. How am I feeling? If um, I know I need to do something and I'm like, okay, how are you feeling? Are you exhausted? I need to practice compassion. You're too exhausted to do that mm. thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can say no, and that's okay. Um, you're not letting anybody down. You're not, you yeah. know, it's okay to practice that. I practice that quite a lot. Saying no is a big one. Yeah, saying no is a big one. Boundary setting is a yeah. big one. That's another big part of my self-care mm -hmm. toolkit. Um, boundary setting. Being able to say no mm -hmm. and own it and be comfortable with that. Um, and not feel like you're letting people down or mm -hmm. having guilt and shame come and invade your space mm -hmm. when you're just mm -hmm. saying no. Um, yes, uh, silence, meditation, yoni steams. Um, I love a yoni steam. There is a brand called uh, Matulu, um, Matulu Oblongata on Instagram. I'm run by an amazing person called Matula Ama, and she is a, botani a, bota a botanist and herbalist. And through her, I've learned the kind of the how powerful plant spirit medicine is. Um, so I want a full moon or a new moon, or even just want I just want to hold space for myself. I'll boil up my herbs, put them in a bowl, put a, um, a towel on top of on, under the seat and then put the actual seat on top to seal it put a bowl of herbs in and sit and steam my my room mm -hmm. um, and hold space for myself and meditate and hold meditative breaths for myself during that practice it's such a loving feeling my vagina not only loves it but i feel lighter afterwards um, i feel connected to my physical self and to my womb and i've been able to cleanse um negative energy from that space which is really nice um masturbation Mm -hmm. um, is also in my yes. toolkit. Um, I, I have a partner, <laughs> I have a life partner and a fiance. Um, hey. We enjoy each other, but it's important to enjoy yourself too. Yes. Um, so that's another big part of my practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just 
just out here masturbating daily. Yes. Um, As you should be. Come on. No shame. It's really no important shame. to to feel connected to your body. And once you feel connected to your body, it's important to then, if you have someone in your life or people in your life um, that you're willing to show your body with, there is a self, there's a, uh, a form of liberation and reclamation that happens in that expression because you already know what makes mm. you feel good. Mm-hmm. So now you can share that practice with someone else. Um, so yeah, there's a few things. Those are kind of my key things at the moment. Um, I'm journaling as and when. I was doing it twice a day, and now I'm like, I'm journaling when I want, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm letting myself down or mm-hmm. I'm being inconsistent. I'm, I'm kind of journaling when I want. And also knowing that sometimes in your self-care toolkit, as well as that being about you and the tools that you can use for yourself, because I go to therapy, that's also for myself, um, knowing that other people can hold space for you and knowing the people that you can trust to do that. Especially if you're an empath, you're used to holding the space. Yeah. Um, it's important to have people that you can trust who are strong, who can hold space for you. And the real is, not everybody who comes to you is going to be able to hold mm-hmm. that space for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so another part of my self-care toolkit is if I know that right now I need grounding and I might need to be around other people, I go to a couple of people that I know can hold space for me. So whether that's me sitting and distracting my thought pattern by watching YouTube videos with them or talking about um, music or talking about things that inspire us or just being able to sit and have another energy in the space who's going to make me tea, Mm. Um, who's going to be like, it's okay if you cry or Mm. it's okay if you don't want to talk, we can Mm. just sit here. Mm. That's important. Um, So important. It is important. I talk about that in crisis toolkits because when we talk about crisis plans, a lot of it is around kind of what's in your immediate community, contacting your GP, contacting IP service, contacting Samaritans if you need it right there and then or loved ones, but also knowing that um, you don't have to be in immediate crisis to access your loved ones mm. for support. Mm. That could just be a part of your self-care. That part. Yeah. You know, right? Could just be a part <laughs> of your self-care. Like going and dancing at Pussy Palace could yeah. definitely be a part of self-care. Being able to physically release my chakras mm. and dance and no, ain't no one judging me. I'm just being, that's a part of self-care, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a few things and they change all the time. And I'm really excited about this new pattern and this new these new tools that I have in my toolkit. Um, and I look forward to adding more. Mm. To them, you know, I think Tell it's really important. Tell us about important. that. What but else do you want to add? <laughs> do you have anything that's like okay, goals? Um, yeah, um, I am interested in exploring um, tantra. Um, I am really interested in being able to spend a month in a monastery. Um, that experience was really profound for me, um, especially because my life is so busy, and to be have everything completely stripped back, I realized I've never had that before. Mm. Apart from when I'm in a crisis, and that's a different type of strip back, yeah. that's because you're just debilitated True. by yeah. your condition or experience. Um, being in a space where it was okay to cry, it was okay to be quiet, it was okay to go out. Because, you know, even though it's a silent retreat, you always get a couple people that want to chat. Um, and there was one experience where we went out to do working meditation. I didn't even know that working meditation meant we were going to go out into the grounds and work on the grounds. I love working in the garden. And I wasn't dressed appropriately, so I ran, I got my DMs, they're like, oh, you probably should put wellies on. And I'm, I'm, I was like the only black person there, so I'm not trying to be the late one, because I know you're probably already going to put that on me anyway. Um, and I'm engaged. And I had my, my engagement ring on, but it was a bit bigger because I just had it resized post that situation. And I thought, oh, I don't want to make them late, so I'm going to put that in my bra. And I've since I was 11, I've always put things in my bra, money, keys, crystals, yeah. everything. And that day I had two crystals, a black tourmaline and amethyst. They were chunky crystals. So anyone who wears a bra will know if you put anything in your bra that's thick, you're going to create space and a gap. 
So I've had this space and gap and I've gone out to the working meditation and someone was like, oh, you know, this is free labor. And I was like, looking at them like, these people have given us so much. Mm. They're not even asking us for money. If we can just clear some leaves, mm. I'm okay with that. So you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm gonna move over here. So I'm out there working a sweat and like moving all these leaves to like four different piles and gathering gathering um, the bark and moving them to different piles. And one of the monks were like, do you want to take a break? And I was like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, just focusing on this activity and showing my gratitude for my work. And there was a point, which I now know was spirit, where I felt wind pass through my chest. And I felt that that was making me aware of how much I was working because my body was obviously hot mm. and I was, felt the wind so I could feel the sweat. And I was like, oh, I'm really working. Um, so anyway, we finished the practice. I've gone back in and we're about to you know, go to eat. And I realized that my ring is missing. This beautiful engagement ring that my partner's given me is missing. Yeah. And I'm the girl that always finds stuff. So if you drop your nose stud, I will find it. Like, <laughs> always been that cat. But we're out in the mud. Uh, we're out in the mud. I've worked at four different parts of these grounds. We've moved leaves, we've moved bark. It could be anywhere. Mm. If it's covered in mud, how am I gonna find that? Mm. We don't have hoses. Like, so my mind is going straight into Ooh. fear. Fear of the worst outcome. And so I'm on the verge of having a major panic attack, but I'm just like, let's go find this ring. So I'm out there trying to find this ring and it makes it worse every time a monk would ask me, are you okay? Like I would, they, I would tell them what happened and they would gasp like, oh! Like, you've lost your ring, this is such a big thing. Mm. And so I'm out there trying to look for this ring and the monk, um, Reverend Master, <laughs> Reverend Master um, Willard came out to help me, which was really beautiful, diligently looking for this ring. And after about half an hour, my hands were frozen and I was just like, I just need to go and breathe. So I walked away, got in my car, I was about to drive off. And I noticed that he was still working. So I went to go and tell him, I'll be back in 10 minutes. And as I've gone to walk towards him, he just looked up and, and it was, that's God, because mm. as soon as I, I w went to say, Reverend Willard, stop, he went, oh, it was there, right in front of him. Wow. Untouched, there was no mud, there was not even bits of bark, well, it, it was wow. just there, shining, gleaming, put that around my neck, and it was interesting, as we were walking back, I gave him a hug, monks don't hug, mm. um, but we just had this experience together, so he was willing to, to share that with me, so we hugged, and he's like, I'm so like, happy for, that you found it, and I, he said, if you look, you find. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I hear you, but you were just like, lucky enough to find it. But no, actually, if you look, you find. And for me, sometimes it's very easy to get distracted by what's happening and not create space for myself to actually think about, let me accept the situation for what it is. Mm. Now, practically, what do I need to seek? And that, that was a practice of that. Mm. And also compassion. I had no compassion for myself. I felt like I had failed everything mm. I thought he was going to leave me my, my, it was just all going to you know it was just going to be terrible so I think I'm really looking forward that taught me so much as well as other things I'm looking forward to going back there and spending a month there because I learned so much about some of my unhealthy practices mm. and mm. the lack of self-compassion um, and the fear that I carry um, yeah and just exploring a bit more of me mm. you know um, outside of being in a relationship, outside of being a daughter, outside of just me, going yeah. off on adventures by myself. Um, I used to do a lot of that and I stopped doing that. Mm. I'm going to do more of that. Um, yeah. Yes, there's a few things. Good. And being able to share that in my work. Yeah. And Georgia, what about you? What, um, what are you looking to add? To I would say, program? like, just being able to love and appreciate myself. Mm. Um, 
quite boldly and honestly and not feel like I need to seek love in other places from people or from having constant therapy being able to being able to cope and manage on my own using the skills that I've learned using my strategies um, and yeah being able to just feel loved and know that I, you know what I can love myself no matter what which sounds easier said than done but mm. it is actually really difficult and Absolutely. it's such a process so that yeah I really, I really connect with that because I think one of the biggest things for me that I want to add and um, kind of really establish in, in how I move through this world is accepting and receiving mm. the space that people are holding for me mm. that you touched on. Because um, I think I've just been so isolated and like marching through this world. Like it's just me. Yeah. Only mm. I'll depend on me. And it's like, but no, there are people around me who mm. are like are prepared to hold space for me. Mm -hmm. uh, pick up the work where I'm mm -hmm. I'm incapable at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. like, just accept the love. Yeah. But and it's, that's it's okay. something I have to teach myself how to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I want to be able to as well explore like balance between being really independent mm -hmm. and then being like, you know what, I can rely on people. Because at the moment I feel like they're very polar, like mm. one extreme to the next, mm. um, I've realised. Um, so I feel like I need to reach that stage of balance where like, okay, I can rely on people or I can be in a relationship, but I'm not just relying on that love. Like mm -hmm. yeah, I can give yeah, myself yeah. love. Like yeah. I don't have to depend on anyone. Like mm. financially, emotionally, but I can be supported. So it's it's learning that balance. Learning that you know what well, I can have both, and to be able to sit in that mm. and hold that is something that I want to learn and I'm going to learn. Mm. And I will smash it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do this together. Yes. Yes. yes, this is community. This is what we're all yeah. about. Exactly. Um, yeah. Are there any tools that you use physically to? I think I'm in a really bad practice of not utilizing the tools that I know work for me. Mm. When I was living in a different country, I started journaling because I was kind of in despair and all of the things that I could rely on, like the people that were in proximity yeah. to me or the things that I know I could gravitate towards, I no longer had available. Um, so I was seeking stuff and journaling was one of them. Um, it was like a regular sleep sleep schedule. I'm going to bed by mm -hmm. 12. We're not doing this mm -hmm. up at three o'clock in the morning on YouTube nonsense. Mm -hmm. This is not helping mm -hmm. you. Um, and that all really worked. And so now here I find myself back in London and I'm like, I know these tools, but I'm just not using them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also because I'm trying to find that equilibrium of allowing new things and new ideas, putting myself in new places um, to see the benefit that they could possibly have for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then also trying to like uh, balance that out with the, the tools that I've been using, I guess, constantly updating my toolbox, as mm -hmm. it were. Mm -hmm. But tools that work for me at the moment, listening to music, we touched on that earlier, mm. that can just really zone me out. And I'm like, okay, I'm calm now. Mm. Or podcasts. That's oh, my new podcasts. audible. Mm. I, I think it's with the streaming <laughs> and like the influx of how much music there is. Sometimes mm. I'm like, Too much. I'm, unless I'm just going to play that same Erica Badu album again, <laughs> I'm not going to go on Tidal. But podcasts, yeah. me, that's me and a two hour conversation yes. and headphones, no one needs to bother me. Yes. Um, and that really centers me. Because mm -hmm. I think it is like the transference of knowledge and ideas mm. that really bring me back to myself. And if I can have listened to something for two hours and learn something about someone else and thus a reflection of me, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Let's yeah, go, yeah. let's get this. Um, so can I just add in one more? Yeah, go for it. Um, so I think we're gonna go to a song soon, but just um, writing a letter to yourself like once a year. Mm -hmm. So that's something mm. I started doing. And then like on New Year's Eve, like I'll open it and then I'll be like, oh wow, like I've come so far. Or like, oh, wow. Love that. Or, and then like that. I'll write a letter of like all the things that like, 
I've learned or like everything I can think of in that moment or what I've done or how I felt and then I open it and then I'm just like wow like look at all of this stuff that I've achieved or look at the, how I'm different so mm. yeah writing a letter and then just setting a date where you open it um, or giving it to like a trusted friend or a family member if you're too tempted to open it mm. <laughs> but yeah I feel like writing a letter to yourself or writing a letter to yourself about how much you love yourself and from that place or writing a letter to your inner child I find letters mm. really affirming and powerful yeah, yeah. I love that I think that kind of links to journaling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And something my cousin mentioned to me that she does as a practice is to journal in multiple um, different books and mm, dedicate one same. for positive yeah. thought, one for yeah. whatever bullshit is that you're dealing with that day. Because sometimes it can end up being like a tunnel of, I've only written really like dark shit, um, mm. where is the light here? Mm. And often there is like light in a day. You just, it kind of gets overwhelmed by everything mm. else. But um, we are going to go to a song now and then we can invite our third guest onto the show. Yeah. It's Chloe Fulani. So ready. So, so we ready. are going to hear from the sounds of Twee and Missy Elliott. Yes. 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 Tuesday Takeover with Pussy Palace on Fubar Radio. Yes, yes, yes. You are locked in to Pussy Palace Takeover of Fubar Radio. Remember, we want to answer your questions. Let us know if you're in a self-love or self-care rut. What songs you may listen to in form of self-care. You can get at us, tweet at us, or DM us at FUBAR Radio on all of the socials. Yeah, so continuing on with our discussion, we'll just... um going through some of our physical tools that we use um, as forms of self-care. Let's move that into the emotional tools. I'm sure we've kind of touched on um, because there's like a symbiosis between the two often. But um, one of the things that uh, was mentioned before, like talking to your inner child, uh, dismantling your insecurities, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, those are all examples of emotional tools um, to express love. Uh, If we all just want to like talk about the emotional tools that we use and I guess how they are useful to us. Georgia, do you want to start? Yeah, so I feel like talking to my inner child daily is something that I have to do. So it's kind of going through each day and checking in with myself multiple times, like how am I feeling? What emotion am I feeling right now? What mind am I in? And I am like an emotion mind, which is like hot and fiery. Am I in wise mind, which is quite Mm. like... I can understand where am I really like in logic mind where everything is quite Hmm. um, like not as emotional if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. I have to really check that what I go through so many different emotions a day so it's kind of tracking that Mm. Um, and I feel like a lot of people aren't really aware how they feel whereas I feel like I'm very much a feelings person and I have to know how I feel otherwise I just end up kind of in a rut or kind of like a zombie or kind of not noticing things that are happening each day so yeah talking to my inner child and kind of when I feel really depressed or low um, kind of like talking to myself like okay Georgie you've got this like get up make some lunch like here's how you do it kind of like tutoring myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) almost like counselling myself um, to psych myself up because often I would seek it in others or like I don't live at home anymore so I'll I'll just like talk to my mum but now I have to really do it and kind of be independent and be an adult and it's really difficult Mm. it's really like 
it's so overwhelming sometimes like you've got washing you have to cook you have to <laughs> get ready you have to like be social you have to work it's yeah. just like a lot sometimes it's about like breaking it down mm. and just allowing myself to cry as well like mm. crying so important and I feel like going through my childhood like or at school I was cry- I used to cry all the time teachers would be like oh don't cry or like stop crying but like I think tears are great for me tears uh, like I just come through the light I feel so much better after a good cry um, I feel really like refreshed, really rejuvenated. So yeah, allowing that emotion to surface. If I feel really depressed, letting that come out and sitting in it, being vulnerable and not forcing myself to, oh, I need to wipe these tears away or don't cry because mm-hmm. that's when it all builds up. And that's mm-hmm. when I know for myself, that's when I hit crisis point. And so it's all about like preventing that kind of crisis point um, to happen. Yeah. Mm. All right, thank you. I can relate to that. Um, I really, really love crying, mm. and I really <laughs> love crying in a public space. Ooh, yes, I, I, on the tube, I, on the bus. Yes. <laughs> There's something about the movement of the the bus mm. or the tube. There's something about being anonymous, like not being by myself, since I'm also an only child. And I feel like sometimes if I'm in a really, really dark place and I'm crying by myself. I can spiral out really easy, mm. um, but this it's almost it feels almost protective when I'm out and about or even crying in the club, honestly, like mm. when there's some something that triggers an emotion and I'm able to just let it out um, yeah, there's some sort of uh, I think catharsis is that mm. the word yeah. <laughs> um, but there that that feeling of even being held even though no one is holding me yeah. just because I'm out in public yeah. I really really enjoy that I relate to that yeah. and also just quickly because you said like sometimes it kind of spirals out so for me I have to kind of set my self-soothing kind of station up <laughs> in, like before I cry because I know like this could potentially go into I could hit a crisis point like or that. these feelings could become so overwhelming that I feel to the point of feeling really suicidal or things like that so I have to have my lavender oil I have to have my crisis plan ready um, mm. and also I set a timer on my phone because I love to cry mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's really so awesome. like, okay cool like how how long my max is half an hour so usually it's like, yeah, like half an hour of me listening to sad songs me crying me feeling this shit me feeling so alone mm. so like unsupport feeling it like really feeling it to the point where I'm like really hot and I've got hot tears and then the timer goes off and I'm like cool I need to start calming myself down mm. splash my, my face with cold water because it's again sensory I kind of snap out yeah. of it also having like a cough sweet because I don't like cough sweets but my if I have one of those my thoughts will go on the taste like this is disgusting rather than I feel really suicidal so it's like distracting mm. myself uh, watching a YouTube video so yeah setting that timer <laughs> and allowing myself to have that space and time yeah. and not rushing through each day yeah. like I haven't cried like I cry a good like four times a week um, mm. and I mean everyone's different but for me that's my way of processing stuff mm. and showing up today like mm. crying's great yeah. Yeah. I love that yeah. I love that thank you I really appreciate that yeah and really practical um, in some aspects like have timed crying mm. that's, that's like super practical Come on, it's yeah. like giving yourself yeah. boundaries yeah. To, yeah. 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 yeah 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 to express like, go there like, but come back I can be yeah. exactly <laughs> I can be vulnerable but I'm going to safeguard myself from this spiralling mm. so I'm actually going to give an allotted time for that it's yeah. really cool yeah um so a few um so I think I mentioned kind of self-compassion. That's a really big, poignant one for me. Um, and that practice is little things like, so if I'm in the bath, um, I tap. So I tend to tap my heart. 
um, and think about how I'm feeling. Um, that's really important for me because as a empath and as somebody that was socialized to be told that you're too sensitive and you can't express yourself, um, you can't express that. Um, even though I'm really, I think it's really important for people to express their emotion and be vulnerable. Um, I learned that I started to fall out of practice of that compassion for myself. Um, so being able to tap, um, tapping also releases a lot of energy anyway. Mm -hmm. um, it's really good for anxiety, especially if you, um, so there is, there are tapping methods that you can even access on YouTube. So if you're experiencing anxiety or realizing it with thought process, so with my condition, my thought process can spiral and I can think about suicide and that can easily lead to a crisis. So tapping, um, to calm myself down, helps to distract my thought pattern, focuses on the action, and then I can start thinking about compassion, mm. um, self-compassion for myself. Uh, so that's why self-compassion for mm -hmm. myself. <laughs> you get it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess another other emotional tools that are really, really important for me um, is boundary setting. That is like, mm. it's emotional, it also requires an action. Mm. It usually involves other people, mm. um, but it starts with, it's an emotional tool of me being able to, A, practice compassion, because being able to say no is self-compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized how difficult that was for me because I'm so used to saying yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm so used to knowing what my darkness can look like and people are used to seeing me put together in a certain way. So, oh God, Josh, it's amazing. and queen and you know I, I appreciate that but I also know I have been through some dark mm -hmm. times I have called Samaritans many a times I have made plans I have done certain things um, so I know what that dark time really looks like I have been sectioned and been in an institution for three months of my life and lived with people that are really unwell so there is a part of me that when I hear or acknowledge people's darkness or see them in pain I know what that feels like, so I don't want it to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I also know what it's like to hide that from people um, and feel like you have to do it by yourself. So I want to show that someone can show up for you. Mm -hmm. But that, that um, compassion and that empathy needs to have a boundary because if you don't, you don't know how to protect yourself and next thing you know, you're unwell. Mm -hmm. um, and so boundary setting is a very powerful emotional tool. And when you are in the stage of making that transition from being the person that always says yes to now saying no, other people need to fall in line. Mm -hmm. And that's difficult because they're so used to you saying yes. Yeah. So yeah. when you start saying no, it's like, but why? Yeah. Oh, you can't come and, okay. So what do we do? Like, literally people start losing themselves. They don't know how to navigate that. And then you go into, the, you can, it's very easy to go into the cycle of guilt mm -hmm. for feeling bad, mm -hmm. for some not being able to show up for someone. Over-apologizing. Over, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? I've cut all of that out. Like, yeah. Because I know that if you, re they know that if you really need me, I will do it. And mm. I'll ground myself and I'll come there. But if I don't have the energy for myself, I can't be there. Mm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. actually okay. Um, and they're kind of interlinked. It's, it's boundary setting, but it's still linked to compassion. Yeah. So mm. that's a very big thing for me. Those are kind of my key emotional tools at the moment. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and we have a third guest, and we're going to introduce them right now. This is Chloe yes. Falani. If you could Woo! please welcome, tell welcome. the people them, um, <laughs> a little bit about yourself, the work so, that you do, and then we'll get into your emotional tools. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so I'm a black feminist, poet, artist, performance art, precisely, like a mixture mm -hmm. of dance and reading and stuff. Um, 
That's me. Multifaceted goddess. Yes. <laughs> also, we'll be found um, selling tickets on the door at Pussy Palace. Ow, ow, this ow, is ow, the place ow. that you see. Ow, Your favorite ow, door. Ow. Wait, are we allowed to say? You can say all the you things. You can say whatever honey. you want. Okay. <laughs> yes, your favorite door, bitch. Yes, you yes, are. Yes, your favorite door, yes. <laughs> um, so, emotional tools. What does your emotional tool toolbox look like, Chloe? Um, I mean, it's just come with what Justin said. Um, in a way, that's like actually kind of like, um, it's been interesting just thinking about like self-care and self-love mm -hmm. and like how people are using it or come into it. And one of my friends recently used a boundary setting, but in a like kind of violent way. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And like, not that like what yours, it's not that it is a violent thing, but it's like, I find it so interesting when people come to this self-love and don't really know where they're coming or where that language is coming from as well mm -hmm. um yeah. and like what was one of the things they said to me there was something like um they just said one of those terms that you'd normally use when you're discussing like a sexual abuser and i was like oh like i'm happy because i brought them into like black feminist self-care kind of um conversation and so mm. i was like great that you're coming into this but like this like ruined our friendship but yeah, I just wanted to like drop on that. But like, just how like, it's interesting how people use self care come into it and mm -hmm. like need to like really understand what that is mm -hmm. before they're just using that word and throwing it around. Mm -hmm. It's like obviously, you're, for me, Jocelyn is someone who fully knows what that language is and where it's coming from. So there's never, but like a lot of people I've seen that are new into the space or new into the language mm -hmm. are just like what just like kind of under learn it or like learn a language but also understand where it's coming from mm. Mm -hmm. but anyway that was just like we want to hear about I just, I just your self-care journey yeah, as yeah, well no, yeah, too, too yeah. you know um, but i would say to... i mean talking about friends i would say definitely me it's having conversations with friends like mm. emotionally mm -hmm. um i can like do all the emotional work by myself in my head but it doesn't translate into reality to like have a conversation with someone that's, else that's and i find mom. that so strange with me like i need to be like even with you, when one time you had a phone call, it was like, <gasps> oh my God, I feel so good afterwards. Because mm. it was like, I already had all that information. I already dissected it, mm. but it wasn't reality yet. And I find mm. for me, my self-care, and I think it's also because I'm an extrovert, my self-care is also in conversation with others. Mm -hmm. um, emotional self-care. Because mm. um, then I can like, I feel better, more happy, or alive, and even physically being around people. Like, again, just seeing you today, <laughs> when you came oh. to me, I I've kind of been thinking about these things around like black euphoria, specifically towards like when I'm around other black women, black people, and how like they can give me this energy of euphoria, mm -hmm. just in these weird like short spells of moments where like you didn't even know you needed it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that's what like. I guess like not really super tools, but kind of tools, I'll say. Like, yeah, I guess the phone calls the friends. I don't know. I think the fact tools. that you recognize um, when you need it and mm. you're utilizing it in specific moments in your life, it really, you're using it like a tool. Mm. Yeah. What could just be a conversation you're making sure it fulfills you in that particular way? Mm. Yeah, I'd actually say, actually, definitely, now you said that, made me think, yeah, when I was, um, there was this guy I was talking to and he basically was gaslighting me mm -hmm. about the whole conversation. It was just through text. They do that a lot. And I had to like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
But you know, also here we're gonna tell the truth. Um, <laughs> I like I had to um, call my friend. Like I was like, I know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I know this is not mm. right. But I'm now starting to feel crazy. Mm. And then calling my friend was just like it was able to just take me out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't fully healed straight after, mm-hmm. but it was like, no, you are still sane, you're together, like this person was trying to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. And that was like, yeah, so definitely like reaching out to others is like a massive emotional mm-hmm. self-care tool for me. Yeah. I love that you said yeah. that because I think we're similar in that I do a lot of work in my head, like leave me alone and I'll just, I'll give you every theory of what's wrong, where it came from. At six years old, this happened and this is why I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this right now. Yeah. And I can do all that. And then I'll go out and I'll just keep doing the same like toxic bullshit to myself. Yeah. But yeah. once yeah. I say it yeah. to someone else, it's almost like I find, I feel accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. now you really see me, you know yeah. what the deal yeah. is yeah. and you can side eye me when I'm doing stupidness. <laughs> Therefore, I'm not allowed to continue doing stupidness. Yeah. Um, Georgia did you have something you wanted to add yeah I was going to say like I feel like friendships are important Mm -hmm. and like like community you finding that but then also on the other side at the flip side knowing when people aren't I guess showing up how how you feel like you need that person to show Mm. up to and kind of taking breaks in in friendships as well Mm -hmm. or saying to people you know what I actually can't have you in my life and it, it can be really hard but I feel like when you start on the journey to self-love and self-care, um, you kind of recognise how unhealthy some people ha- are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to put that in a nice way, but it is yeah, the truth. Real. And like, I can be unhealthy. Like, Absolutely. I really can be unhealthy. So it's kind of, you realise that and you're like, oh, uh, what are you... I have to kind of think, what, are, what am I getting from this relationship? What am I getting from this interaction? Like, friendship, relationship, whatever, like, family member. Mm. And kind of having that trying to have that open honest conversation with them like mm. you know what I don't like it when you do this or you know what I can only see this person for a short amount of time or kind of reevaluating who's in your life and like what they are giving and if they aren't giving you anything then I'm sorry but you're gonna have to make the cut you're gonna have to say you know what for my mental health I can't really be around you at the moment yeah. and mm. feeling absolutely okay about it don't feel like ashamed um, I think that's really important kind of mm. knowing what people are giving you at different times and selecting that and being okay at being selective absolutely yeah. community is going to heal the world <laughs> and community, it's true it's community that's going to heal the world Let's but talk about also it. within community we might need to diversify mm. who we're going to for support and mm. sometimes it doesn't need to always be friends therapists are amazing Samaritans too because they're not your friends <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> there's no unconscious bias there's no <laughs> There's, there's no unconscious bias because no they're paid yeah. to listen just to what's going on and to give you some constructive coping measure, mm. me, coping coping tools um, and coping tools for you to go out back into the world. Sometimes your friends might not be able to do that for you because mm-hmm. they're mostly linked to you and they want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they've seen that you keep making the same mistake with the same guys or the same girls <laughs> or the same people <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, baby, you knew that was going to happen. Well, actually, sometimes you need to have someone that can help you dissect that mm-hmm. and that might be the mm-hmm. therapist. Yeah. yeah. That's I love therapy. Quickly as well. <laughs> Same. Yeah, when it comes to crying, mm-hmm. again, because I'm an extrovert, I cry best with my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, there was like two months ago, I was just like not sleeping well. I was like, I know something's off, but don't really want to pinpoint it. Then I went to go see two friends, and then one of my friends is talking about like how she's not being able to write and stuff, and I'm just and I'm like, I'm sorry, we're talking, and I'm crying, and they're just holding me, and I'm like, uh, and I was like, thinking about when you were talking about crying, I was like, 
Oh yeah, most of my vital emotional cries have been like with friends or in a coffee shop with a friend, and I'm like, yeah, I need to sometimes cry alone. But mm. yeah, and so I think there's something about that of almost like being able to validate the pain with others because once you when you cry on your own it's different when you cry with somebody else they're able to see your true pain mm. they're able to, and also the compassion will come out of them and the empathy that you actually aren't finding it difficult to turn into yourself when you're able to receive that from somebody else it validates your pain but it also makes you accountable about mm. what needs to happen post this yeah. and sometimes it's harder to do that on your own because mm-hmm. you you're so used to it mm. you cry in that darkness put on put on your lippy and out you go yeah. like and no one knows mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on the back of that, is there (laughs) (laughs) Let's go deeper. Let's go a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell, like, are there any distinctions between, like, before you self-love, self-care, and after? Like, is it in the moment? Is it, like, a ripple effect? You feel it later? Like, can you tell the difference? Absolutely. For me? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Mm -hmm. when I am not practicing self-care in a time that I need to... So it does, I don't have to be in crisis, but you can almost like have this, I call it like my out of body silent watcher. So I will watch myself deteriorate knowing you haven't done your spiritual bath today. You're going to bed at 3 a.m. and you know you need to wake up at seven. Mm-hmm. You're going to be exhausted. Like sleep deprivation is also a thing. Why are you still on YouTube? Like, you're, you're, these things and you can see it. It's almost like I'm watching myself deteriorate. Mm. And then as soon as I create that space for myself, because almost sometimes self-care practices feel like work. Mm. And sometimes yes. they're tiring to do mm. like I mean there was times when I was like getting back from work at like 10 and I'm like oh. a spiritual bath takes a while to prepare mm-hmm. and then also when I've got all those lavender bits and the rose petals in the end I need to gather clean those up. all yep. up, I've got to clean up. <laughs> like, I can't just get out like process. <laughs> it's a process oh, it's a process sometimes I'm not there and I don't yep. want to do that but not when I don't create that time I mm. feel it mm. and I can see it and then the shame builds in mm. because I start shaming myself for it you know better Mm. And then when I actually create that space for doing it, like perfect example, my bath, so I use again. When I get in a bath, when I get in my spiritual bath and I get out, I feel lighter. I feel held. I'm speaking karma. Like it just happens instantly mm. because I've given myself that space. Mm. And yes, some might say that there's a placebo effect that's happening. Maybe. But the fact that I, I think it's part of the fact that I have mentally created that space, physically created that space, and being able to do an action for myself, it feels good, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think when I, when I am sleeping on time, I now put like a time on my phone, so my alarm will go off. After 9.30, there's no more phone calls. And then there'll be another time that goes off. 11 o'clock, you need to be in bed. Mm. Mm. I know you can stay up all night because you're nocturnal and you're born at 3.15 in the morning. <laughs> so that's going to be your peaking hour and your witching hour. But babes, you've got things to do. Yeah. Go to sleep. And yeah. When I have that routine, I feel better. Mm. I want to have sex. I want to do things. When I'm exhausted mm. and tired, I don't want to do shit. Mm. And it's just knowing that. So I think it's um, really important for me to, and that's when you're honest with yourself. Mm. It's really important mm-hmm. for me to be honest with myself about what works and what doesn't. And don't yeah. try and fool yourself into, it's okay. I can do this for a few days and I'll be mm-hmm. okay. You know you're not going to. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. That's some real Routines talk so right important. there. 
Yeah, routine is very, very, very important. Very, very, very important. Keep up sometimes because life happens, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that everything in life needs to be super structured because there needs to be some flexibility because mm-hmm. life still happens. Mm. But if you can feel yourself slipping mm. when you know that you've mm. been out of routine for a while, that is the moment. That is a call to action. Yeah. Don't wait for crisis to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'm going back. And that's what I used to do. Slip out of it. Do, do self-care, self-care. Then slip out of it. Have fun. Enjoy mm-hmm. life. And then get unwell then I'm back again and it's just a cycle, cycle yeah. and it's shameful so mm. just be honest with yourself when you know that you're slipping out of a routine get back on it there will yeah. there will be flexibility but it's so important mm. you know yourself better mm-hmm. you know I am loving this conversation <laughs> we're gonna take a little musical break but before we go um, we want to do a little exercise when we come back um, what ways do you show love to yourself? Um, well, sorry. Think about ways that you show love to yourself and write down three things that you absolutely love about yourself. And later on in the show, we're going to jump into that. But right now, we're jumping into Carrie Fox, No Small Talk, and you're listening to the PP Takeover. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome back to Pussy Palace Takeover on Fubar Radio. Um, so just before the break, we asked our illustrious guests to think of um, things that they love about themselves. Um, I'm asking you to do that at home as well. So feel free to send those in either by email or on, twi- on Twitter or Instagram. Um, so if we just all go around and share uh, one of the things that we love about ourselves. Do you have a tribute? Um, do you have a tribute? What? Do you want to go first? Did you say tribute? Yeah. Game of Hunger Games. Games. Oh. Oh. Game of Thrones? Hunger Games? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> some white media. <laughs> <laughs> no. Lol. <laughs> uh, anyway, let me just say um, my smile. Because mm. um, it's beautiful. It is. <laughs> Even though, like, it's such a like, physical and thing that's people reflecting externally and stuff throughout the years of my life. It has been the only consistent thing that hasn't changed about, like, I guess how people receive it. And mm. there's always this thing of like people always say, like, "Oh, you brighten me up when I see your smile." Blah blah blah. And everyone always <laughs> like, even when I'm not feeling great about that, or I'm not in my own great mood, I do enjoy that. Like, my smile can do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, that's just been throughout my childhood to now. Yeah. It's like beautiful. <laughs> That's I magical. love that. I love that. Yes. Right. We love that about you too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love everyone else's smiles as well. Thank you. My Just so it's clear. <laughs> Dan, what do you want to share with us? Mine is my soft gentle sensitive nature yes we're in a really really hard hard world right Mm -hmm. like and we're pushed to be tough Mm -hmm. and you know it's a time and place for everything but Mm -hmm. I love leading with softness Mm -hmm. and I feel like the more that we try that try it out the more it'll have a ripple effect on each other you know that's mm. mine. What about yours, Aiden? Really? I'm not sure so. of mine. It's that task of um, trying to think about nice things of yourself. And I'm like, mm. well, this is, we've never done this before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but having said that, there are, no, there are many things that I do love about myself. I think maybe compassion. Mm. I think I've always prided myself on kind of being like hard and tough as nails. Mm-hmm. 
my West Indians uh, upbringing mm. gave that to me. <laughs> um, but the more I am reminded that I have like a, uh, a breadth of compassion, mm. um, I think I love that about myself. Yeah. Mm. That's, beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. What else? What, what else has everyone got to share? Mine is um, my mental health journey mm. and like my mental health condition. Um, which is borderline personality disorder. Like I feel like I've come to terms with that diagnosis and I feel like if I hadn't been through all of my stuff, I wouldn't be like as understanding, as compassionate, as in tune with myself if I hadn't gone through all of the shit basically. Yeah. So I feel like I love my mental health because even though some days <coughs> it can be really ugly and really like hard and really harsh, it's, at the end of the day I look at it as like it's a child and it, I teach it and I need to mm. um, look after it and so that's something that I, I love because yeah I wouldn't be the person I am today without it I wouldn't mm -hmm. be the self care queen I wouldn't mm. yeah do all of that stuff if I hadn't been through that shit and if my brain was wired differently so yeah my mental health I love it I love yeah that. it's just so wonderful this conversation <laughs> um, I guess for mine even though it's so it's one thing but it leads nicely into a second thing so it's my spirit which leads nicely into my expression because they're interlinked um my spirit for me i never i've never actually wrote that down today is the first time i've kind of acknowledged that mm -hmm. that i actually do love my spirit um my spirit is tenacious yes it's strong um it's motherly i can I'm, I have the, the strength and the capacity in me to carry others but at the same time I am soft and I'm sensitive mm. and I feel things um, I am my spirit is is ever-changing and floating and it's teaching me new things about how to express myself it teaches me new things about how to show compassion to myself and to others um, it teaches me new things about how to be bold in my expression of love um, so yeah, those are things that I find really important and I've never really acknowledged that. Um, and spirit's kind of been a thing for me recently of just acknowledging what my spirit is when it's talking to me, when it's telling me things, when there's a call to action. Um, and also when I need to be held and it tells me that too. It tells me when to be strong. It tells me when to hold others. Um, it's this amazing thing that's that's ever changing and growing with me in this journey mm -hmm. um, and feeds into how I express my love in the world and navigate the world. So, yeah, so my spirit. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for those shares. Thank Good you, everyone shots. in the room, yeah. for that. <laughs> for real. Um, so, we're just going to make our way into a fun little game. Yeah. We're going to read out a quote and oh we have to attribute who it is to which public figure. Um, okay. So, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrities can be Do deep too. Do your best. Too. Do yes. your best. Okay, so my mother was very <laughs> persistent and she kept saying that I had to take care of my mental health. Who do we think said that? I feel like that was Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. So other options are Drake, Nicki Minaj or Beyonce. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's Megan. Sorry. <laughs> are we only allowed one answer with the group? Is it the group decision? I mean, well, maybe, yeah, let's go rising in the UK Who wins? Who wins? Beyonce, but. Okay. Chloe? Um, I'm going to agree with Justin's threat. I'm going to make it. Okay, if we lose. <laughs> 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 Why Beyonce? Um, I just feel like. 
I just feel like Beyonce is very like grounded, and from what I've read about her and like her interviews, like she does reference her mum sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just feel so connected with Beyonce. Like mm-hmm. we're sisters, so mm-hmm. I just know. <laughs> and why do you say Megan? Um, Megan also has a similar relationship with her mum, and mm, I've been watching yeah. some interviews with Megan. Um, and there is, she has a really good awareness of how to take care of herself. She's mm. really good at boundary setting. Um, she's just come into the game really knowing how to navigate it and take care of herself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that would come from her. Beyonce too, but I also didn't know. I've watched a lot of Beyonce's interviews. And whenever she talks about her relationship with her mum, it's almost from, it is always a caring, nurturing aspect. Mm. Um, but she never talks about, Beyonce actually never talks about her mental health. Yeah. No. So... I wouldn't, I didn't see Beyonce talking about that, but here we are. And the answer is... Beyonce! It is Beyonce. What? I knew I mean, it. it was yeah. Beyonce! <laughs> I mean, which is that Megan didn't say that. She, she called me and told me. You know. know. Put my quote. Put my quote. Put my quote. It's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I get very passionate in games. Yeah. You would be in the hive. You would be in the hive. Yeah, I would oh, be okay. hive. You're in the hive. I'm gonna have twins. Yeah. 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 Maybe not married to Jay Z. I mean, I like her. I do love her, but I'm not in the hive. Yeah. I mean, I'm not down for Beyonce. No, no, I wouldn't love her. <laughs> this conversation. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next question. All right. Next quote. Depression never discriminates. Lady Gaga. We have Lady Gaga. We have uh, Jim Carrey. We have Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, or Adele. So we're in Lady Gaga. (laughs) Okay, got one for Lady. Okay, so let's have a discussion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Boundaries. (laughs) Wow. No, I kind of, I feel like it could be two people. Mm -hmm. I feel like it could be Lady Gaga or Jim Carrey. Mm. Jim Carrey has been quite Mm. vocal about his depression. Um, I love his journey. You know, I've seen him talk to Eckhart Tolle and Oprah. Like, so mm. I feel like it could be either. And I'm. I like the way that you go through this. Right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like. <laughs> Ching Chang Walla. Let's see. <laughs> can I can I just say how I think it's Lady Gaga? Yeah. Because she's just like it's a very short statement. It's quite bold, and I feel like she would just make it like that statement, just like mm-hmm. depression never discriminates, and that's it. End of interview, or whatever. So I, that's why I think like it's I not a long that. quote. That. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Chloe, do you have any thoughts before we see the answer? Look, not that I'm Team Jocelyn, but I'm going to go with Jim Carrey. <laughs> not that I'm Team Jocelyn. Okay, okay, okay. No. I have not paid her, okay? <laughs> I know, I didn't like, Bribery. Yeah. Hashtag best friend. Um, yeah, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I feel like, oh, okay. it's awkward. So, what, so that's two against, sorry. <laughs> I know. It's okay. Again, we know. I'm an only child. I kind of know. know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Being left out. Drum roll. Drum roll. Drum roll. And the quote was said by. Oh. oh. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm, I don't really know much about the rock. come through self care king. But when you perpetuate, it's the rock. The rock is the answer. You haven't even said it. Sorry. The, the, is it the rock? Mm, Maybe right. it might be the right. Okay, well, look at you, Dwayne. <laughs> Come through. Come That's through. Right. Leave them in a whole conversation. Yeah, I didn't even know. Never have expected Never. Actually, yeah. I've watched a couple of interviews where he kind of has like a, a really 
uh, grounded take on his career and like fame mm. and the limelight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that could okay. be on brand. Yeah. Good for you. I'm still not watching the films. The I'm the not kitchen. watching oh, the films. You're not gonna see Jumanji the next I'm level. Good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Ooh, this next one is interesting. <laughs> what was that? It for? So <laughs> I just saw it on <laughs> the way here today. So that could be all of this. This is not fair. I mean, let's fill in the listeners on what we're looking at. So this next one is from. What is it? From yes. our community, it so is, mental health is not fashion. So was, who said oh, no. this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> so who said, who said this quote? Is it Tanya Compass, uh, Aisha Tan Jones, Travis Alabanza, or Sistrin? I think you should say it. It's Aisha. It's Aisha Tan Jones. Oh, yeah, Aisha. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is. You all know this. The unanimous group decision. Yeah. Come together. Are you gonna tell people like where that statement came from? Where she made that amazing So it was it Paris Fashion Week or one of the European? It was Paris. It was Paris, and it was a Gucci runway, and they had their latest collection, which was very. Straight jackets. Yeah, they're yes. wearing straight jackets. And, yeah. And, and had straight jackets on, um, what they called? Conveyor uh, belt. Conveyor belt. Mm. Yeah. And like, just bringing out the models and it just looked, it was just very distasteful. Mm. Um, and Aisha just came out and wrote on her hands, mm-hmm. um, mental health is not fashion. Yeah. And it just stormed all the press and really made the fashion world kind of look at what Gucci had done. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. not everyone ag- agrees, but it was powerful. It was very powerful. Big up Aisha. Big up Aisha. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so we're just going to take some more comments and questions from these people that have been listening in uh, for the last two hours. Um, so another tip that someone uses is putting a face mask on um, and a light and lighting a candle. Mm. I have only just recently got into face masks. I think okay. simply because I've just seen people use them, I'm like, it can't be all that. It can't be all that. <laughs> my skin. My skin. Okay. It's glowing. I've got you. I've got you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there is an amazing brand. There's two. Um, Wild Seed. Do you know about Wild Seed? Mm-mm. Online, run by this amazing um, sister who's from Ghana. Big up Ghana because I'm from Ghana. And um, whilst he'd have this just a great like um, line of face masks, and one of them is Green Smoothie. It's like a clay mask. It will clear up any spot. It's amazing. And then Matulu, Matulu Oblongata also um, puts tubs of sea moss that she blends herself for everyone. Sea mm-hmm. moss will change your life. It Noted. I'm taking notes over life. here. Blemishes <laughs> gone. Open pores shrinking. Like yes. forever glowing, even when you've been on a night out. It's wow. Like, it, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Mm. And you can put it on your genitals too. Yeah. <laughs> and Iris uh, messaged in to say that Khalees, uh, uh, Bossy by Khalees, um is the song that it may not cheer them up, but it makes them feel ready to face the outside mm. world. Mm. And I think so much of Khalees's music does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have bought tickets to see her on tour next Ooh. year. Yeah. 20 years of yeah, kaleidoscope. Prepared. I am. I Dang. Have that just came out. I just saw that today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Taking notes. <laughs> but we are approaching the, the end of our show. Uh, I can't so, believe it already. Uh, Two um, hours. 
time flew by and yes. I'm really grateful for that we managed to have this discussion about yes. self-care. Mm. I know that I've taken away a lot of tools and tips that I will be implementing into my life and I hope everyone at home listening can also say the same. Mm. So um, we just want to thank our guests for being here, for sharing the space and yes, sharing yes, yes. of themselves. Um, so if you all just want to like uh, tell the people where they can find you, um, Georgia, where do you? Where can we find you? What are the ads? So it's at Self Care Queen, mm-hmm. um, and then I do have a website as well. So it's worldofselfcare.com um, for all of your self care, body positivity, kind of inspiration. Um, I share a lot about my mental health online as well. So when I'm having dark moments, I'll like do a picture and write like loads underneath <laughs> um, because that's my way of just kind of showing up and being honest with people that social mm-hmm. media isn't all glossy and shiny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, follow me at Self Care Queen. Okay, and Amazing. Jocelyn? Um, you can find me at Yasankofa, Y-A-A-S-A-N for November, K-O-F-A on Instagram. And if you want to learn more about our Naked Truths, if you want to model, if you want to collaborate, or you just want to attend and come and hold space for yourself, that is at Our Naked Truths with an S. Um, I run the account, so you can also inbox me if you have any questions, just want to learn more. We're taking a bit, we've just come out of a social media hiatus. We're coming back next week. Um, so I look forward to speaking to you then. Yes. And Chloe, where can people find you? Simple, just Instagram. And one dot Chloe F. No, one dot Chloe dot F. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So find all of our guests on Instagram or other social medias and their websites. Also, catch me at Pussy Palace as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I catch all of them yeah. at Pussy Palace. Yes. When is the next one? Yeah. The next Do one is it? in December. We do have a December <gasps> okay. party. Yeah. Yes. Um, we'll be, be announcing the soon. Yes. It'll, oh, it's towards the end of the month. We'll yes. be announcing yes. soon. Ooh. So uh, make sure you follow Pussy Palace on Instagram and Twitter. That is P-X-S-S-Y-P-A-L-A-C-E. Um, yes. And wait to hear the announcement mm. for our next party. Yes. But that has Yay. been us. That has yes, been yes, our yes. show. Aiden, it was great to do this, you have this too. conversation. I love you, Dan. I love you too, baby. I love everyone <laughs> in this oh, room. So much. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so and we are going to play Pretty out song. the show with the Jasmine Sullivan Woo. masterpiece. Because we are all oh. masterpieces. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.